You're now listening to J House Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Gotta dance, but it's really on some street shit. I'ma show you how to get it. It go right foot up, left foot slide, left foot up, right foot slide. Basically, I'm saying either way, we bout to slide. Hey, can't let this one slide. Hey, don't you wanna dance with me? No, I could dance like Michael Jackson. I could get you the passion. It's a thriller in a trap. Where we from? Yo, yo. Yo. What's up, bro? Not much, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. I was tired, but <clears throat> now I got some coffee in me, and uh, I'm all good, man. I'm definitely all good. That's one of the best plants God ever made was the coffee bean. Yes. That's true. I'm a firm <clears throat> made that on the eighth day of creation, because after that, he was kind of tired. He's like, I need to make something to wake me up. And then, boom, there it was, coffee. Right. He sort of just slid that one in on the side and, you know, just said, keep that one right there on the load. But that's that's what you guys need <laughs> to keep you up. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of a lot of uh, coffees helped me through a lot of all nighters in college, man. Yeah, that's true. That is for sure. All right, man. What's up? What we got going on today? Man, I've been trying to figure that out all day because we're gridlocked in August. <clears throat> and not gridlock per se, we're just stuck right now because August 22nd is DC fandom. So everyone is literally just holding their breath <clears throat> in anticipation uh, for the next 18 days and counting down until two weeks uh, for DC fandom. So, I mean, there's really not much on the DC Marvel radar that is to be discussed, honestly. So, you know what? Let's just make a podcast a random podcast. You know what I'm saying? Well, There's gonna be much going on. What's up? Uh what up, uh young entrepreneur? What up, man? Thanks for joining, man. Thanks. Tremaine, appreciate you, know, you, bro. You know, real quick, I wanna say this about DC fandom. Because yeah. I've kind of gone through a whole whirlwind of emotions when it comes to things DC related. Yeah. Only because I've been so disappointed so much right. with what I with what I've watched, where I've had to watch one brand, which I mean I'm not gonna take anything away from Marvel and the success they've had because I love Marvel too. Yeah, I really I love Marvel and I've loved the MCU every step of the way. Like I told you, I I said I think there's a. I think there's a legitimate case to be made that it's the best franchise ever assembled in terms of how they got all these stories interconnected and yeah, just the, the amazing complexity of what they've done. We've yeah. never seen anything like this before. It's never right. done, and I don't think it ever will be done again. I think it's a, a massive staple in cinema history and it's here forever. It's not going anywhere. Uh, and I said on the last podcast, people just need to get over that. It's not going anywhere. It is. It's going to keep growing. Yeah. Um, and I've had to watch that happen, which I've loved watching every step of the way. I've grown up watching the MCU. But on the flip side of that, I've watched the brand 
that I grew up with, the DC brand, just totally botch it and just totally fall off and just become that the, the second tier brand. I mean, the, it, it sucks to say that, but I feel like in the eyes of the general population, people who don't read comic books, they look at it like Marvel is the superior brand. And that's kind of a bitter pill to swallow for me. Um, but it's true. And, and you know, we got DC has no one to blame but themselves. They've got no one to blame but themselves and Warner Brothers. They've got no one to blame but themselves. Having said that, having said that, I've come on this show in the past and I've talked about how I can't get excited for DC fandom, but Eric, I have made myself get excited for this because I feel like I'm in a position where I I have no choice but to be excited. I have to be excited. And DC's, they've got to give me something to be excited about. Something to... Because I think I talked to you one time, DC fans deserve something to look forward to. Because uh-huh. right, because right now it's almost like we got nothing. I mean, as great as I think the Matt Reeves Batman movie is gonna be, even that film, because we just had Ben Affleck's Batman. I feel like even Batman is getting stale on people at this point, because there's just so many different Batmans. So many different interpretations, and at what point are people like, "Okay, we've seen enough Batman"? Right. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah that that, um, that was the whole point of like what I was saying with the DCU at the time. I'm like, even with Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Wonder Woman, I'm like, if you don't continue with what you started and, and follow it out, you risk going back to what you did before, which was solo films and making Batman your bread and butter, when clearly Man of Steel has proven that Superman can be your bread and butter too. And so well, I, think, Wonder Woman. I think they already, I, see, I, when it comes to Superman, I think everybody knows that Batman and Superman, those two guys, they'll make $600 million easy. If you make a Batman movie, because I mean, I always argue that Batman and Superman, even with the MCU as popular as it is, I would still argue they're the two most popular characters in the superhero world. Right. Um, Because Superman, he was the first major superhero. And then Batman, if I'm not mistaken, has had more solo movies made about him than any other hero. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think that that's true. I think that's right because you've got the two Michael Keaton movies, you've got the Clooney, the Kilmer, uh, you've got the Adam West movie and that series, and then you've got the Christian Bale trilogy, Ben Affleck, and to now Pattinson. So yeah. several different men have played Batman. Um. But, you know, I was telling you on another podcast, outside of Joker, DC has failed miserably in a lot of cases to generate hype for their movies for I, whatever reason. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't I say failed to generate hype. I mean, I would. Well, I'm talking about in the eyes of the general public. 
and they've certainly not generated even remotely to the hype that the MCU has. And I'm not going to start making this an MCU versus DCU thing because I've already established that discussion is not relevant for a number of reasons, mainly because if we start doing that comparison, DC fans are not going to like how that comparison turns out. You're just, you're not going to like it. There shouldn't be a comparison to begin with. I mean, I I just, uh, I mean, I don't understand. Like, okay, the MCU got successful doing their brand of of things. I'm like, that shouldn't be a a a blemish on DC if you know, regardless of what they chose to do. But however, it is a blemish because we already talked about how you know. It, even if the MCU did the Avengers, which they did, I mean, it wasn't like, oh, this is a diss to DC. I dare you to answer back. It's like, no. I'm like, DC could have sat back and chilled. I'm like, y'all had the Dark Knight trilogy ending that year in 2012, capping off another billion dollar movie and a great franchise to the DC legacy. I'm like, you know. Allow- Allow me to clarify what I meant by fail to generate hype. What I mean by that is it seems like every MCU film that comes out, it is the talk of the general public. It is. I mean, every MCU film, people talk about it. But when it comes to Wonder Woman, even though it made a lot of money, Aquaman made a lot of money, it just didn't feel... Like there was as many people talking about those films as MCU films. The only film I can think of where, because like when these, and a lot of that has to do with who's at the helm of these two brands. Like whenever Disney gets a hold of something, they're going to cram it down your throat. They have, yeah, they have, they have to make it for the whole, you know, the general audience. Honestly. Well, not even. That. It's just that Disney has that kind of money where they could advertise endlessly. Like they have that money. They can put their product out everywhere and you can't you can't escape Disney. It's everywhere you look. Sad. Disney Yeah, and and honestly, I think there's a debate to be had on whether that's a good or bad thing, and we can talk about that in a minute. But all I'm saying is Joker is the last DC film that I can remember where everybody's talking about this movie. Everybody. Whether you loved it or whether you didn't like it, whether it wasn't for you, it was the most talked about film. Everybody was talking about Joker. The trailers were all over. Uh, won an Oscar, Joaquin Phoenix. Well, what I'm saying is, is that a lot of DC films I mean, you take Birds of Prey, for example. That film, nobody talked about it. It flopped hard at the box office. And a lot of that is because when it comes to the MCU, we know that this is the next chapter in a great story. That this is all leading towards something. With the DCU, it's more like, what's the purpose of this film? Like, why are you making this? Like, is this going to lead to something? Right. Is this just a solo film? Right. And with, Bird, with Birds of Prey, they had this weird limbo thing of, yes, it is, and yes, it isn't a sequel. It's right. It's kind of a sequel to Suicide Squad, 
but we're only going to focus on one character who was in the film. Right. And then this might branch off into something else, but I doubt they'll branch off into anything else with that because they realized real quick that Harley Quinn was not the box office draw they thought she was. Right. Uh, and, and then, of and, course, so. and then, of course, people could say that, you know, they made a Birds of Prey movie without the real Birds of Prey. So that's yeah. another thing that uh, I think true DC fans saw who was in it and they realized, wait a minute, this isn't even the Birds of Prey. There's no Batgirl. There's no, you know, there's yeah. a lot of characters that aren't here. Right. You know, where's Catwoman? So it's. <laughs> It was just this weird thing of like, what even is like, who's this movie for? Right. And, and that's what that, and that's the one thing I try to tell people about post, post, post Justice League. I'm like, after Justice League, bro, that, that hype was gone because, and, and, and I pointed this out in an earlier podcast. I'm like, you had Man of Steel, amazing food movie, BVS to me, amazing movie. Still made eight hundred and seventy-two point seven million at the box office, despite critics saying that it had a a weekend drop, the lowest weekend drop for any movie. Whatever, it still made uh, eight hundred seventy-two million at the box office. That is a success. And then you had Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad gross plot still terrible. Whichever way you want to look at it, you know I'm gonna have to rewatch it. But I mean, still. Then you come up with Wonder Woman. Good critic reviews. Still gross. Let me see. Wonder Woman box office gross. But, and it's like I said, though, I, I made this argument, though. I think a lot of what had to do with Wonder Woman and why it was so successful had a lot to do with MCU elevation of superheroes. I mean, superhero films right now are the highest grossing films in theaters. And to me, I can put about I feel comfortable saying it's about 80% thanks to the MCU. The other 20% being the Dark Knight trilogy on why superhero films have gotten this big. Well, I don't, I don't that's a tricky one because I mean so so you you would credit Wonder Woman's success to the MCU? To I would I, here, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying that the MCU, I'm saying the general public, right. most people, like, especially, like most people that see these films, a lot of people don't even know the difference in Marvel and DC. They that, just see superheroes. Sadly. There's a lot of people. So a lot of people, I would argue there was a lot of people who just saw Wonder Woman and they thought, okay, here's another superhero film. It looks cool. The And to me, when I watch Wonder Woman, I've argued this before, that film felt, for, for lack of a better term, the, the tone of that film felt a lot more MCU-ish than it did MOS or BVS to me. I, I because because there was a, it was a lot more fast-paced than BVS and Man of Steel were. It had a lot more one-liners than Man of Steel and BVS did. Um, and so for me, I'm like, and it really was, there really wasn't anything in that movie because like one thing people say that made the DCU different is the strong messages and the everything else. 
there really wasn't that in Wonder Woman. It was just a standard superhero film. It was right. very standard. And so was Aquaman. Uh, and Aquaman definitely, I would argue, definitely had MCU vibes all over it. I wouldn't think so. I would say it's more balanced. I would say Wonder Woman and Aquaman were more balanced in tone. But I don't I don't know, man. What the the going back to this general public point, I mean like to me, I would concede that DC to me possibly I don't know. Just I mean the whole vibe with MOS and BVS wasn't even necessarily that it was dark. It, it was just these are issues that have to be addressed with Superman and Batman before they can move forward, you know, into the next generation of movie or the medium, so to speak. And so, I mean, I don't know what else people were expecting. They, the characters had to change. They had to evolve. You know what well, I'm but saying? What I'm saying is I don't even think a lot of people even knew who these characters were prior to watching the film. And that and that's the problem, though. That's the problem, I would say. I don't I don't think see, I don't buy this argument. I don't buy the argument that people didn't like Man of Steel and BVS just because it was different. I don't buy that argument for a second. That is uh, a, that is a majority argument that a lot of people would have to make for the case of MOS and BVS. When, well, see, I I don't agree because, see, what I said on the podcast yesterday is that I think that the thing the film did, it took a risk. It did take a risk and that it was a lot darker in tone. But I would argue for a Batman movie, that's not necessarily different because you watch the the Dark Knight trilogy. Not a lot of funny moments in those. Not a lot of not not a lot of fast paced, happy one-liner jokes being thrown around so i would definitely i I would definitely argue that we are accustomed to seeing batman not being always smiles and everything else in the world now now superman you may have me on superman all right you you may have me on that one i mean because prior to that we were used to seeing the only live action superman we saw was the Guy in the red underwear, yeah, broad, broad jawline is Superman, the symbol, the universal symbol of hope, right? Um, and, and and like I told you, like it wasn't, it wasn't the fact that it was all it was it was about the red tights and the S curl. It was more about the the characteristics of Superman because he could have. I mean, honestly. He could still he could have still wore the red the red underwear and had the S curl if that you know if that was the creative direction he still could have had that but my argument was that as for the world around him and his attitude towards it it wasn't going to be the same as it was during the Reeves era or during the um, you know during all the previous eras of Superman it just wasn't going to be the same you know Superman wasn't always going to you know, whether Henry Cavill got put in the red tights or not in uh, Batman v Superman, it wasn't going to change the fact that 
the world was still going to feel some kind of way about him because he was an alien. It wasn't going to change the fact that he was going to be persecuted and disliked sometimes. It, well, you know, that, that's, that's true, but he, here's my biggest point. When it comes to Man of Steel, me personally, I like Man of Steel. I really do. I thought that was a good movie. I love um, it. Oh, it was great. And, and Henry Cavill is definitely my favorite Superman. I thought that movie was awesome. Uh, but to me, BVS brings about a whole nother level of criticism for me. Because I look at Man of Steel, I enjoyed that film. I'm like, okay, this is Superman, his origin, you know, Zod shows up, you know, it was this great storyline. Right. BVS, I think the reason a lot of people didn't like it, I think there's a number of reasons, but for me, the main one isn't that it was different. I've always said that they just simply did, and, and people can argue this with me all day, and frankly, I don't care because the audience reviews have spoke, so to me, I, I don't care at this point, but to me, they just did way too much with one film. They did way too much. Uh, there's only so much plot you can put in one film before it goes all over the place. And, and you, also, you whenever, stick- you, whenever you have a film titled Batman v Superman, which Zack Snyder in his interview called Batman vs. Superman, so I don't want to hear that argument. When you have that title of a film, what do you think people are going to expect to happen? They're going to want to see Batman and Superman go at it. And they did. (laughs) And we're sitting sitting, for all of 10 minutes, and we're sitting in the theater for two and a half hours just waiting. All this buildup, all this setup for this fight, and it lasts 10 minutes. So the fight didn't go as long as you thought it, as 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 it as you wanted it to. It wasn't as long as it should have been. It wasn't as intense as it should have been. It didn't have the emotional feeling it it should have had. I that, feel that should that they should have hit a lot harder than it did. And for most people, it didn't hit hard. For most people, it did outside of the Zack Snyder cult, it did not hit as hard as it should have. That and to me, and like that, I said, I. I've pointed to the the Civil War, and like I said, I don't want to do MCU versus DCU, but if you look at Civil War, those fights hit a lot harder because they'd established that relationship between Tony and Cap, and to me, they just gave them a lot better reasons to fight each other. Like, Batman fighting Superman in this film made sense, but on the flip side, I was kind of like, Superman... <laughs> I guess kill his mom, <laughs> bro. Right, because Superman can't fly at supersonic speed and X-ray the whole city and find his mom. Is more than that. First of all, he was on a time limit, so he didn't have time to search all of freaking Metropolis. I mean, come on. Well, the dude can fly around the planet in all of half a second. The whole he- point. The whole point of Superman in Batman v Superman was for him to be at his most vulnerable and weakest psychologically, which Lex did. I mean, so that was the last thing on his mind. He doesn't know what mom is. You, it's, he's not going to find her in time if he goes around. He's not going to find her in time. It's just not going to happen. 
I'm sorry. No matter how powerful or how fast Superman is, it's not going to happen, bro. And I think it brings a little relief to know that Superman's not some overpowered butthole that's going to win and save the day every single time. Like, it just smells. Oh, that's not a relief. That's not a relief. I don't. How is that a relief? It's a relief to know the man has some weakness that he can. I mean, just God. Like, dude, they want Superman to walk around here like this man can't be beat. That's the attitude of people today towards Superman. What's wrong with that? There's a lot wrong with that. Superman can be beat. He's not always going to be invincible. He's not always going to figure everything out like some other character I know, (laughs) Batman. But you know what I'm saying? It's just a simple matter of fact. Superman can be bested too, whether it's psychologically by Lex Luthor or whether it's physical with Doomsday. He can catch catch it both ways. I mean, it is what it is. That's not to say that later on down the line, you know, he wouldn't have returned and been like, 10 times more powerful than he was the first time, which I'm pretty sure we're going to see that in Zach's film. But I'm just saying, like, golly, Superman cannot win all the time. But the premise of that was, was for him to go through all of this in Batman v Superman so that by the time he got to Justice League, he would. Something. Let me ask you something. All right. This is a question for all Snyder Cut fans. Does the fact that y'all have to explain everything about this film, everything about it, like, oh, no, Superman couldn't have done that because this, no, this is why Martha made sense. Like, every, Does the fact that y'all have to explain everything about this film, like, at, at some point, do y'all ever think maybe the storytelling in this film just wasn't on par? The storytelling was we, so we, on par. We have to reach out this much and constantly find ourselves trying that, to explain. Because I've heard about six different. That's not reaching. Reasons. That's what it is. I've heard. Of, I've heard about six different explanations as to why Martha made sense. There's only one explanation. I'm, I'm, <laughs> look, if y'all can't even agree on this, like, come on, you Still, can't, bro. You can't agree on why. Oh, so like that has to be subjective too. Every subjective are subjective. So them fighting that too has to be subjective. No, I said the reasoning behind it, the whole Martha situation. You can interpret that any way you want to. Everything cannot be spoon fed to people, and that's look. That's spoon feeding. What that's, you call spoon feeding, I call good storytelling. Nah, man. If if I walk away from a movie, to me, but this is just me, because that's how I am as a moviegoer. If I walk away from a movie not being able to, like, contemplate or think about it, you know, or have any, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. It just, to me, it didn't hit, you know what I'm saying? And that's no shade on Marvel. Because Marvel... So, so Lord of the Rings doesn't hit for anybody? Lord of the Rings hits for sure. There's definitely wow. a lot to think about. A lot of questions. Even that what question I'm still asking. 
because I'm just now watching it for the second time. There's so many other things that I've missed in Lord of the Rings that I didn't catch the first time. But now that I'm seeing them, there's dialogue going about it and what the meaning behind the things I'm seeing. You know what I'm saying? I can't say the same for an MCU film, and that's no shade on the you know, MCU. Eric, and you know what, Eric? That When people say that, no disrespect, that makes me think you haven't watched a single MCU film. And it, it, I've watched because, all of them. Because there is. So, so you mean to tell me in the, it, when uh, you watched Civil War, at no point were you like, huh, both these guys have valid reasons for doing what they're doing. It's kind of like, whose side am I on here? I can I can say that for Civil War. I can say that for Winter Soldier. I can say that for Civil War. I you can say that for Black Panther. Three said. out of 20 movies or 23 movies. No, make that four. Winter Soldier, Civil War, um, Black Panther, and Infinity War. Four out of 23 movies that I could really ask you know, that I could really have some multi-layered conversations about because that's just that's just the kind of person I am. No shade on phase one because phase one was full of just, they were just solid. They were awesome. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's cool. But I mean, for the most part, then like I keep saying, no shade on the MCU, man, but they're really they really are like in in all honesty, they are one layered films, majority of them, not all of them, one layered films that they, they do basically spoon spoon feed you the plot. They leave nothing to imagination, nothing to thought. And that's not bad. If that's the direction the MCU took, that's fine. But for the general public, which is what we've been discussing this whole time, for the general public, you know, that may be the better thing because not everybody reads comics. They don't know the characters in depth like that. I can understand that where where DC comes in for me is that maybe DC isn't all that meant for the general public. That no, 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 sir. No. To me that if golly, everything, every character can't, you know what I'm saying? They can't be spoon fed. Like, golly, if we can, we have, a serious, like, I know, you know, balanced tone films are fine, but like, don't trash, um, what I'm saying to the general public out there, don't trash the superhero movies that actually happen to take themselves seriously. You know what I'm saying? Just don't. And here's what drives me crazy. It makes me feel like Zack Snyder fans don't listen whenever these criticisms come up. And it, it, and it makes me want to put my head through a wall because I'm not complaining and people aren't complaining that Batman v Superman was too serious, that it was too dark. The complaint is the film went all over the place. And for what people were expect I mean, is it not fair to understand how when you name a film Batman v Superman, people are going to expect them like the whole film was going to be about this fight it was about the fight and you can't see why some people might think the fight was uh, underwhelming it wasn't underwhelming at all but you this whole you can't see uh, how people would think that i cannot see how people would think that when you look at how tony and cap fought in civil war that whole 
like the first you had the 20 minute scene at the airport with both teams going at it. And then you had that final fight again at the end, that two on one battle. Just when you think, okay, everything's fine. Nope. Here we go again. Time for a real fight. fight. And then three fights don't just happen physically, bro. They don't just happen physically. For all of three hours and three minutes, Batman v Superman wasn't just about them fighting physically. This is two different ideologies of justice and how to get them done. Bro. I know how, Eric, you've explained to me this a thousand times. Well, I don't understand. Well, I'm not, I'll I'll rephrase that. I'm not going to say it to you. I'll say that to, I'll rephrase that towards the general audience. I promise you, if anyone walked into Batman v Superman expecting it to be an MCU film of sorts because they were starting a cinematic universe, you were mistaken. I'm sorry. For everyone who just had reasons, legitimate reasons, like you, you have legitimate reasons as to why you don't like it. That's fine. But see, I respect that. And that's another thing, too, though, man, is that this Zack Snyder fandom, a lot of people in it, are so close-minded, and I get these people just, like, the defenses I hear for this movie make me want to throw up sometimes. Like, whenever I have to hear that, oh, well, just because you didn't understand it, I'm like, no, there's nothing to understand. There's nothing to understand in this film. The storytelling, for a lot of it, it was all over the place. It was kind of choppy, and it's like, like I said, you did too much in one film. I've argued this before, and I'm going to take this to the grave. Had they broke the film down into two parts, it would have been so much better. But that's neither here nor there. That is neither here. Nah. And I don't understand nah. how people argue that. I really don't get what the counter argument is other than, no, it just wouldn't have been. Like, I don't understand the counter argument. Because, I mean, everything... For even if let's hypothetically, you know, even if that was the case for DC to rush out a cinematic universe, some say they did for the most part, that's what it looks like. Yes, even if they did, Batman v Superman is the farthest example of rushing. You did a three hour movie about, and for and for the record. Let's state the theatrical cut. I watched the theatrical cut, and then I watched the ultimate cut. Jesus Christ, how I wish they would have put the ultimate cut in theaters, because watching that theatrical cut now, I'm like, wait a minute. There's so much missing from this, so much context that I need, like, wait. Say that again. (laughs) Say that again. There's so much context that I need from, because there's a lot of stuff missing. And I think that had they put the Ultimate Edition in theaters... Thank you, you know, for proving my point. You just proved my point. When you, but when, hold on. Hold on. No, well, let me finish and I'll let you finish. Because you just proved my point. My argument was is that there was too much in this film. It went all over the place. And a lot of people left confused. And you just said, after watching the theatrical mm-hmm. cut you realized that there was a lot of stuff that left out a lot of context. Are you starting to get where I'm coming from? 
Yes, I understand that. Yeah. But now through the ultimate edition, which everybody accepts as the definitive version of that movie, not the theatrical cut, like, can we say the same? Can we, can we change the opinion on Batman v Superman once you see the ultimate edition? Well, and we, we, all, we all know who to fault for, theatrical, for that theatrical cut being put out. We all know who to fault, but that's neither here nor there, like you say. Well, no, but, like, the problem, though, is, Eric, is that what the film that everybody saw was the theatrical cut. That's, now the, that's the issue. Seen the right. Now everybody's seen the Ultimate Edition. Do those same sentiments that you had about the theatrical cut of that movie stick up to or let or change through the Ultimate Edition of the movie now that you've seen the movie in its entire context as it was meant to be seen? Does my opinion change about they did too much in one film? Among among one of those things, yeah. Even if it was three hours and three minutes, it was a three hour and three minute movie. Not at all. Not even close. What? Not even close. Even if they took the whole three hours to give you everything. Because at the end of the day, we're still faced with the problem of this BS of Doomsday being Zod incarnate. And to me, that came across as very lazy. Like, okay, we have to have Superman get killed, but we all know we're bringing him back in the next. Like, what the point of that to me still makes no sense. Like, why did we kill off Superman? Oh, we just did. We just killed him off, but he's coming back in the very next film. No biggie. Doomsday to me didn't pose. I mean, okay. The only thing in common that because as Zach already established, his story was one where Doomsday, Doomsday or the race of Doomsday, which, you know, I don't know their specific names because I haven't read that much up on Doomsday as a character besides Death of Superman. But that whole race of Doomsday had already existed in the DCEU. What Zach chose to do creatively was to have you know, Zod or use his body in order to create Doomsday, which the Kryptonian Council said never before has this thing been, you know, I mean, never again must this thing be created because it's so hateful to sight and memory. You know, like, it's just that bad. That's why we never created another Doomsday again. So, I mean... Because I mean, because they decided to use the death of Superman as a key point to get Superman to die, not really a bad choice. I mean, Lex was up to some maniacal stuff. It's not like Lex is gonna go in there and kill Superman himself, is he? <laughs> I mean, Batman wasn't not after. Well, he almost was, but I mean, that's because of that reasons. That's not here nor there. But still, I mean. It, it was Doomsday, and it was fun. That was an awesome fight to me. Doomsday was that boy. He was it. But, I mean, hey, we couldn't do a whole Death of Superman live action movie. They could have, but, you know, that's, like I said. There's a whole other conversation I, I'm not going to get into today about Doomsday I, looking like a Power Rangers villain. But He did not. Yeah, he would have killed 
Power Rangers. I know that for a fact. He looked like what would happen if the lizard from Amazing Spider-Man 2 had sex with the thing from Fantastic Four. That's, wow. That's what that looked like. You put those two so, together. That's what So everybody's going to discount the fact that every time this man got attacked, he bursted a power surge and got more spiky. He doesn't have the green shorts or the spikes, they said. Constantly grow spikes during the whole freaking fight. Like, bro, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't understand. Doomsday was epic. That man was epic. I would like to see the MCU try to take on Doomsday. That would be fun. I want to see Thanos try to fight that version of Doomsday. Let, or any. Hey, how about let's see the DCU take on a good movie first? Let's see that. They already have. They already have. We'll see. They already have. Let's see They've them. done. Let's they see did them. It. Let's see them show that they have what it takes to rebound from this. Let's see them take on that challenge, the get yourself out of this hole challenge, because that yeah, that's the fight right now. All right. Yeah. Like I said, as it stands, yeah, that I, is the fight for them right now. I'm not gonna engage or argue about the MCU versus DCU. Because, I mean, I'll say it, the MCU's way better. I have no problem saying that. As a whole, it's way better. Because at the end of the day, you've got the DCU as a whole has two divisive films, one good film, two okay films. That's what they've got. And they've gone all over the place. Oh, and I forgot, two abysmal films, Justice League and Suicide Squad. And you were... You have now, DC, put yourself in this position. I want people listening to understand this. This is the position that Marvel and DC find themselves in now. Marvel, they know where they're going. They've got a great direction, a great compass, and they're going to head on and do more and more amazing things. They're not getting derailed anytime soon. I'm sorry, Snyder Cut fans. The MCU is not going anywhere. You can go ahead and get over it. Go ahead, go ahead and get over it. Go ahead and get over it. Apologizing. All right. They can go ahead and get over that. The MCU's not going anywhere. The DCU, on the other hand, is like a guy in a kayak with one paddle, and he's just in there going around in circles. He don't know where he's going. They don't know what they're doing. And that's so are you saying, that are you, are you, more and more apparent with every freaking film I watch from DC. Birds of Prey being the last example. Even as much as I love Joker, that that, that question still has to be asked. Like, okay, are they even going to do anything with this? Or is this just, like, one great film and we're going to leave it at that? So, that's what I'm saying, though, is that DC is at this point now where everybody's like, okay, what's the point of this film? Whereas with Marvel, we know. We know what the point of Marvel is. We know what they're doing. DC, I mean, I'm just saying at the end of the day, Marvel and DC have put themselves in two totally different places. And that's how come I'm hanging on by a prayer that DC fandom, like the announcement I want at DC fandom is for them to say this. Forget everything we've done so far. Nothing exists. We're, we're starting from scratch. Here's a new film. And this is what we're going to do with it. This is where we're going. I will concede that post, I will say post Justice League, everything that you said was true. 
where the DC is going. Nobody knew. I and I I texted you this. I remember texting you that. You know, I had lost all interest in anything post DC because Zach was no longer at the head of it, and there was no clear direction of where they wanted to go. They had chose to branch off, and they failed miserably. So I will concede that, but only post Justice League, because everybody's going to sit here and act like Phase One DCEU didn't have good box office numbers, despite the reviews. That still is by business model still sets you up for success. You had something successful with Wonder Woman. It, Built that here's back where that conversation. Here's where that conversation and that point kind of falls flat. Here's the difference: Marvel films have both box office and great audience reviews and you have to have both of those things to get hype for the next film you so have- you're going to see that like justice league did not have the hype post wonder woman really well, i'm what, asking well hold on hold on what do you mean by the hype there was no anticipate so you're telling me that after wonder woman came out after MOS, BVS, Suicide Squad, and then Wonder Woman, there was no anticipation. Was anybody I'm not, not excited and super I'm hyped gonna, to go see? I'm not going to say that nobody was excited to see Justice League. I mean, the box office numbers show that the film flopped by what they were hoping for. Yes, we all know whose fault that is. We don't need to have that conversation again. Yeah, that's but true. That's true. You look at the reviews, you look at the box office numbers, and then you tell me how much hype there was for that film. There was so much hype. Really? And it still flopped? Because a lot of people, and a lot of people, the general audience included, of course, us Snyder Cut fans knew. Of course, DC people close to it knew. But for the most part, the general audience had no idea that Warner Brothers had totally flipped and stripped the film. They had no idea. You can go ask any general audience member who goes and watches MCU and DC movies. But what I'm saying, and you though, is ask them. My, argument won't is, know about my argument is, is that the hype wasn't really there before that film, or it wasn't where it could have been, not even close. Because I understand that the Snyder Cut fans worship MOS and BVS and view them as revolutionary films that changed the game. I get that. And there's good things in both those films. But what I'm saying is, though, Eric, for critics and fans alike, those films were divisive at best. They were divisive at best. And you're not going to build a cinematic universe on being divisive. Okay, so divisive, meaning trending to tending to cause disagreement or hostility between people. So BVS being divisive with one half of the general population saying this movie was freaking awesome. And the other half of them saying that, no, this movie was terrible and it caused a mass debate and mass hype and hysteria. How does that automatically pull over to the movie just not being what it was supposed to be, even though half the population said it was good and the other half said that it was bad because well, half everyone... Is a bit, half is a bit of a stretch, too. That's a bit of... That's a, what it means. 
That, that's what and literally I know, is. But I said divisive at best, meaning best case scenario for this film. That's best. And how are you going to build a successful anything with only your best case scenario is that only 50% is going to like it? There are a lot of movies where only 50% of people like it. doesn't change the fact that they may be called classics because everyone didn't agree on it. Well, do that you want to call it classic or do you want a true cinematic universe? Cult classics can exist within a, within a cinematic universe if you let them. <laughs> but sadly, Warner Brothers didn't let it exist. So, I mean, but there's nothing we can do about that. See, my whole argument with this is is even though I do like Man of Steel and I do flip back and forth on BVS at the end of the day because that's a film that I really want to make myself like and there's parts of it that are enjoyable, but at the end of the day, I do see where all the criticisms come from when it comes to the film felt rushed and that you did too much and that, I mean... There's people like you who say that we have to change Superman. And to me, it's kind of annoying whenever I hear people in the Snyder Cut movement telling people who've grown up with Superman to just, okay, no, get over it. This is how Superman is now. Superman, Superman is, he doesn't win all the time. Like, I'm sick of hearing that because, like, if the Superman fans don't want Superman to change, and people, because the fans of Superman understand this. They understand that he is the alpha. He is Superman. There is a reason that his first what? name is Super. What's Super about a guy who can't win? But that now, doesn't negate. I understand your argument of it can get boring knowing that the guy's going to win every single time. I understand not, that. And it gets boring that he does no wrong. That's not my argument. Okay, then what's the argument? My argument to that is that fans need to reword their sentence structures. Yes, Superman is great. Yes, Superman is super. But it doesn't mean that he won't go through hard times. And it doesn't mean that he won't always win. Sometimes Superman is going to struggle. And, but, you know, people choose not to have patience and let the man do the job. He was going to come back and be all that and more, which is coming, you know, next year. He was, but, oh, Superman trips up and he, you know, he goes through some things. You know, he gets a little down on himself. Oh, Superman's depressing. Oh, Superman sucks now because he, I'm like, dude, even Superman can go through a little rough time. Like, golly. It's not always rainbows and sunshines being a superhero. Jesus. I mean, huh? Why not? Because there's nothing interesting about that, about a superhero winning all the time. I will tell you this, and it's all in the music. Live to Rise by Soundgarden. That was the Avengers theme song. We'll... We'll, we'll, we'll die and then we'll rise again like the sun. That's what they say. I will submit to you that the greatest moment in the MCU, in MCU history, was watching the Avengers die and lose and then coming back again for a stronger ending. But they had to lose first. They had to. It was, it was inevitable. 
And I promise you, Infinity War, to me, is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in the MCU, <laughs> simply for the fact that they lost at the end. And it was like, oh, God, we didn't come out on top this time. Oh, snap. You know what I'm saying? You know, and you and the did. rest of the Snyder Cut fandom, y'all enjoyed watching the MCU fans suffer. I get that. No, I didn't take I didn't take joy in the MCU fans suffering. I didn't. Because it was a serious moment. That was something serious to hey, watch Spider-Man. You straight up told me on an earlier podcast two things. You told me, number one, you would have been fine if Infinity War would have been the last film that the MCU made, which I which makes no sense. Uh, I would have. And then number two, you said that you absolutely loved the deafening silence in the theater and watching everybody be like, oh, no, the heroes lost. I did. Because that is the react. That's what it's all about for superheroes. That's what it's all about. The whole time we're rooting for them, for them to win. But there's something hopeful. There's something special in knowing that even if they don't come out on top, we're still going to love them anyway. And that's why I love the MCU fan silence, because the general audience was not expecting that. They went to the movie thinking that, oh, this is going to be another SmackDown and they're going to win. Real comic fans know that Thanos had already won the battle before the movie even started. There was no escaping Thanos. That's what's funny to me, bro. And I can't make the general audience read comics. I can't make them go dig deep down to see the real reasoning and, and the real mythology behind these characters. Can't make them do that. But it is enjoyable when they finally get a taste of what it really is to be a superhero. Some might even submit that Civil War was probably even the most heartbreaking moment in the MCU. For me, it was watching Bucky beat the break off Cap and then have Cap fall down when he recognized, oh, wait, that's Steve. Now I remember. You know what I'm saying? But that's debatable, depending on how you like it. But I'm just, I mean... Dude, I don't know. It just—I mean, superheroes can't win all the time, but they're gonna come back. That's the solace in it. They're gonna come back, and, and that was the solace that everyone should have took in Batman v Superman. Superman was gonna come back, and he was gonna come back strong than ever. He was gonna be that Superman. Well, it's that not that he died. It's just like everybody kind of knew he was gonna come back. I don't think anybody was surprised that he came back because we already knew that a Justice League film was on the way. And how are you going to... We knew this was going to come back. That was part one and part two. They announced it. We knew they was going to come back. Didn't change the fact that people went to go see it. Wait, what? We knew. Knew what? That the Avengers were going to come back after Endgame. We knew that wasn't how it was going to end. Everybody knew that. Well, yeah, but the difference there being is that... When- Dude, I totally lost my train of thought in the middle of that one. Dang it. You got me all fired up over here. I'm sorry, bro. We got it. This conversation's got to be had. Oof. So say what you said. Uh, look, say what you were saying. We knew that the Avengers were coming back. Right. Every You said everybody knew Superman was coming back. And I'm like, well, we knew that the Avengers were coming back. That was a two-part movie that they announced back before we even got any official news. They said it was going to be Infinity War and then another unannounced uh, film. So we knew the Avengers were going to come back. 
I don't know. Do we, I, I don't know for certain if we knew all of them were going to come back. That's fu- yeah. I can concede that not all of them are going to come back. When it comes, yeah, but when we're talking about Infinity War versus BVS, that's one character dying versus a plethora of character of simultaneously just everyone dying, and then at the end of that, we had characters that didn't come back. Loki didn't come back. Vision didn't come back. Uh, Black Widow. That's because they were killed in the snap. That's true. Black Widow didn't come back. But in BTS, yeah, yeah. it was just like, okay, Superman's dead, but we know that he's coming back, so this scene kind of doesn't really hit. But in Endgame, Tony dying, now that hit. Because I think we all know he's not coming back. That Heck hit. Not. That Black Sabbath did the self-prophesying song for Iron Man. The man traveled through time to save the history of mankind. Did Tony not do that? That was so prophetic. I love that song. That's not even close to what that song was about, but okay. <laughs> I know, but it's the national anthem of Iron Man. And that, that one and that bar, is- right, it matches. It just does. <laughs> and I don't even correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even think they played that song. And I'll have to go back and watch the Iron Man films. But did they, they did? They did. At the, at the ending when he said "I am Iron Man," they played Black Sabbath "Iron Man." I gotta go that back was, and watch that film again. Bro, that was the most epic ending in an Iron Man movie ever, bro. When he when they did that, he's like, "I am Iron Man." But, that was. And it kicked all of it off. To kind of sum up my argument of what I'm talking about is back on what we're talking about with the MCU, I've on this rebinge I'm going on, yeah, with the films. I know I, I used to say that MCU films for most of them lacked substance and they didn't really have any messages. But what looking back, there's a lot of them that do, like Iron Man 2. There's a lot in that film about well, should Tony turn over Iron Man to the government? Like, can we trust the government or can we trust this billionaire Tony Stark? Like, to me, that's a thought-provoking right. question. That's a very... That is. Um, and there's several other films like that throughout the series. So, True. for me, I kind of get fed up hearing that argument. And I, I just, yeah. I, I can't stand, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that Every MCU film is great because there's a couple of them I think just didn't I didn't like as much as others, um, right? But I mean overall, to me and to many others, the great of the MCU far outweighs the negative, which is what makes it so awesome. I can concede that. I mean, there's a couple films like I didn't necessarily care for the Ant-Man movies, not because they were bad, but because I've just never found Ant-Man interesting as a character. Right. Something if, if you're an Ant-Man fan, I'm sorry, but that's just that's yeah. that's just I'm I'm glad they I'm glad they they did what they did with Ant-Man because uh if they would have went with the real Ultimates version of Ant-Man that's not very family friendly for Disney. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> he was so. he was boss though in Endgame, turning into like massive and knocking that ship down. For sure, for sure. That was big time. Yeah. But see, 
like I said, man, I'm an, I want to bring this back to a positive note because yeah. that conversation we've just had, we've had it a million times. It's, it's a great conversation to have because we're, I mean, it's a great back and forth to have because we're learning everything new. Without those conversations last week, I wouldn't have admitted what I did about the MCU, which that's the conclusion I came to even back when we were in college watching Infinity War and Endgame. That was a conclusion that I had to find out for myself, you know. So those are good. Con- it's, Wait, they're great what was conversations. The conclusion that you had to come to the conclusion that I had to come to was that while watching Endgame, while they were running towards each other to fight, I had the thought as clear as day in my head that if DC, like DC, this could have been you if you would have stuck with what you already had. This possibly this could have been you you could or and or you could have been farther along than you are now i mean but that's not saying about, much, but true yeah i mean that's saying a lot that's saying a lot saying because had they you would be in like, a better place than they are now is not saying a lot eric that's not saying anything at, at this point saying that the dcu would be better that's like the Cleveland Browns when they went 0-16 that one year. Them, Please don't. Them, them saying, well, we're going to have a better season next year. Well, I'm thinking, well, yeah. You can't do any worse. You can't get any lower than you, you already are. You were all – bro, I would compare the phase one of the DCEU to my 2013 Denver Broncos. I'll say that was going right right the whole season we're doing good we're solid we make it to the super bowl and then we get blown out because of one miscue on offense and a bad snap we got destroyed by the seattle seahawks and that's the same comparison i would submit to you for the dceu you had wins you lost a few get one or two games there yeah okay suicide squad that's a loss okay Fine. Justice League, that was the Super Bowl. And we got blew out because of the miscue from Warner Brothers. That one was the one that officially just, that'll tank a football team if we're talking football. Just saying. So you agree that saying that the DCU, saying it would be in a better place isn't saying much. It, depend, it depends, well, Eric, bro. Eric, because Eric, 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 is the DCU in a good place right now as we speak, yes or no? Without Zack Snyder, no. Absolutely not. Eric, I didn't ask. Snyder. About, I did not ask about Zack Snyder. I said. You can't ask about the DCEU without Zack Snyder because yes, he was the I, one who created it. Eric, right now, is the DCU in a good place? That's one Heck more. no. Thank you. We both agree they're not in a good place at all. So okay, so let's okay, so let's make it DCU is going to be in a better place. I'm saying that's not saying a lot because they're not in a good place. If if the DCU was in a good place right now, and you were telling me they're about to be in a better place, I'd be like, okay, sweet. I mean, we're going up, but right now. We're just stagnant. We're not doing anything. We're praying to God or whoever you believe in that the DC fandom will generate something. 
But like I said, at this point, it doesn't take much to boost the DCU from where it is now. Because right now, we don't know what direction they're going in or what the DCU even is at this point. So it's like... I I can concede that. But let's take... Okay, let's take Zach. Let's take MOS and BVS and his Justice League and take that out of the DCEU and Wonder Woman too. Let's leave that alone. Everything else, that's crappy DCEU. They can have that. I will concede that. I will concede that. But, mm, because it makes my blood boil, man. It makes my blood boil to know that you could have been in a better place, regardless of how big or small the impact is. You just would have been better than where you are right now. But no, you you chose a different direction. You wanted to copy Marvel. Oh, look at how successful they are. Let's see if it'll work for us. And then you fail. And then you fit that will forever be the biggest stab in the heart of all DC fans ever. Cause I would have rather Warner brothers stuck with what they were doing. No matter what the criticism was and stuck with it, at least because you weren't doing too bad. I would have rather stuck with them doing that than rather try to copy someone else and fail. And that's the biggest stab. And you're right about that. Now they're in a hole. Exactly. Now they're in a hole. All I was and, that, and they get themselves out. Is that whenever people tell me that the DCU, because the feeling I get is not that we're the 13 Denver Broncos. I get the feeling that we were the Dallas Cowboys from last year, where you have this unbelievable roster of players. Which the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys never went to the playoffs, man. But hold up, hold up. But you look at the Cowboys roster, and as much as I hate the Cowboys, you got to admit, they've got a roster. Zeke. They do. Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Tavon Austin, Dak Prescott. They have a top 10 defense, top 10 offensive line. So by all accounts, this roster should have made the playoffs. Should have made a, should have made a Super Bowl run. They weren't True. even close, which, by the way, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan listening to this, know that I delighted in your misery last year. <laughs> um, yeah, because you guys suck. <laughs> oh, God, dude, watching the Packers whoop that ass in Jerry World, which, by the way, Cowboy fans, we're having discussions right now up in Green Bay about renaming Jerry World Lambeau South because we ain't never lost there. We undefeated, whether it's playoffs or regular season. You guys constantly find new ways to choke because that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers is the face that Cowboy fans see whenever they have nightmares. That's who they see. They have nightmares. He's their boogeyman. So I just wanted to say that in case there's any Cowboy fans listening. I'm glad you're listening. Keep listening, but just know I can't stand your football team or you. Um, <laughs> but I said all that to say this. You look at the D.C. at D.C. They have a great roster. Batman, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman, great characters. This is a franchise that should have been successful, should have gone amazing places, should have generated hype. And at the, be- and at the beginning, it kind of did. I can see that at the beginning it wasn't terrible, 
I mean, I did say it was divisive, but I mean, divisive is better than just bad. Better to have mixed reviews than to have negative and terrible exactly. or get completely panned. But then when push comes to shove and it got to the bulk of the season, the when it came important, the big game, the Justice League, you just fumbled. You absolutely fumbled. And you just and everybody's left scratching their heads like, how did this happen? Right. And just like the Dallas Cowboy fans acknowledge that it was all because of Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones, DC fans know that a lot of this falls on Warner Brothers. Does it not? So, but like I said, it, man, my only point with that statement is, I don't see how anybody can argue with this, making the claim that the DCU is going to be in a better place. That's not saying much. That's not really. But it's, Eric, but it's true. But Eric, that's not saying much. So if Justice League as it was wouldn't have been messed up and would have got released, you're telling me that people would not have been lit about Justice League and all the movies that would have followed. You're not you thought Superman made saying. a lot of money. Then? You are not listening to a word I'm saying. I'm hearing you, bro. I'm going to say what I said again. I'm going to say it again. People are telling me that the DC fandom is going to put the DCU in a better place. I'm not disputing that. I'm not, Oh, I'm, I missed, I misheard your question. My bad. I got I'm you. Not dis- I, I am not disputing that DC fandom will put us in a better place. The point that I'm making is that the DCU is in such a bad place as we stand right now that they're basically at rock bottom and you don't have anywhere to go but up. So saying that that they'll be in a better place is just like, okay, that could mean anything. That could mean that that it won't be god-awful anymore, but that doesn't mean it's going to be fantastic. Because a, a Cleveland Browns team going 0-16, for them, being in a better place is going 1-15. Now, I'm not saying that the DCU uh, fandom event is going to be the equivalent of going from 0-16 to 1-15. I don't know how big the impact will be, but I'm just saying that people saying that th- it'll put us in a better place, I mean, that's not a huge deal that's not okay. that's not saying a lot that's almost not saying anything because like i said the dcu's at rock bottom you have nowhere to go but up they would have to try very very hard very hard to put the dcu in a worse place with this event they would have to try harder to make the dcu worse than better so saying that it's going right. to be in a better place that's not that that doesn't okay. that doesn't get me excited. That doesn't Okay. I I can concede that. I, I misheard your question. My I can okay. So the 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 uh, I'm ugh, tongue twisted. The, the the oh my god. Justice League, that's one W. That's one big W for DC. Well, dep- I, dep- I get dep- depends on who it is. In the grand scheme of the DCU. And getting it. it's not a part of the DCU. I don't know. Now that's well, that's where I said you were correct. At I don't know 
the rest of this DCEU post Zack Snyder, that is up in flames. I can't, I can't, I, I can't, I can, I agree with you there. We don't know where that, that is. And for the, for the uh, Snyder fans, yes, getting the Snyder cut, that is a Super Bowl victory because that's all you guys wanted. You got it. But I'm saying for DC as a whole, the Snyder Club is not going to be enough to save DC and give it that legitimacy. Simply, It's not even right. Simply because, number one, the overwhelming majority of people aren't going to know what the Snyder Cut even is. A lot of people that have HBO Max are going to see that and go, oh, this is Justice League. I already saw that film uneducated swine i say well it's not that they're uneducated swine it's just that they're members of the general population and oh i hate members of the general population god dang it and see i don't i mean i can't get mad at people for being ignorant i can't i mean i'm glad that i'm glad that they're in the superheroes but like if it's something that they don't understand go research it get in the know so you can know what this is about because there's no reason why everyone should know, shouldn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, I'm the one sitting on the couch looking like a freaking moron to my family when I'm telling them that, oh, wait, don't watch this Justice League because this isn't the real version. And they looking at me like, like, like I done lost my mind, but I'm telling the truth. And now they see it. But that's neither here nor there because they're just, gen- they're part of the general public, sadly. They're just not as into it as I am. And it makes me cry at night. And see, and yeah, <laughs> makes you cry. You silly. Um, it makes, but not man. Look, like I said, like I said this starting off with the podcast that I really want for them to show me something that I can get excited about. Now I'm gonna add this caveat in here. I'm gonna add this caveat if. DC fandom shows me something and they announce something and I get really excited for it and I go watch it whenever theaters open back up and it sucks and it's more of the same. I will be at, at that point. I'm done with DC movies. I'll be over. I'll be over them at for th- sure. I was already over them one time. At, at but, that point, yeah. I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm just gonna be watching the MCU. I'm done. I got I got I yeah. got nothing I got nothing for DC. If this if the DC yeah. fandom gets me hyped for something. Cause I mean and I, I totally agree with you, bro. To end it to end it off in a, for our closing statements, I, I totally agree with you. Because I mean that thing, you know, MOS, BVS, Zach's JL, Elseworld, totally separate. As for what Warner Brothers does with the DCEU now, because Zach's influence and all that doesn't count anymore, it's no longer canon to that, you got a lot to do. With this Flashpoint movie that everyone's talking about, you got a lot to do. And if you go back to what you did post-Justice League, DC will be destroyed. It will be done for all time to me as far as movies go. Come out, still come out with great animated movies, still come out with the best comics. 
But if if you go back to doing the same thing you did now that you got this second chance, I'm done. Like you thought I was done after after Justice League, I'm gonna be done sure enough with with the with uh with DC. I, for me, because they screwed up the chance with with Justice League to continue the cinematic universe, don't even do another cinematic universe to me. I'll concede that to you. Give me a soul. Give me these solo brand movies like Joker, because you clearly demonstrated that you don't have the balls to stick with your own creative decisions in order to be successful. You did it three times, but then the fourth time you effed up. So that chance is ruined forever for me. So if they do that again, it's a wrap. I'll be happy with my Watchmen. I'll be happy with my Man Steel BVS. And uh, and Wonder Woman and Zach JL and I'll be like, that's the best of DC for me. Everything else, that's not Nolan trilogy or early Keaton Batman. Y'all can go on. And I don't I care about it. I don't want- so desperately don't want to get to that place because Please. I want so badly to be excited for DC. I want to yeah. so, ba- and that's why I get so frustrated whenever I do these talks. That's what. Yeah. That's where the anger comes from, is because is it, DC just, fans, yeah, deserve better than this. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I feel like pulling for DC is like pulling for a failing sports franchise, like pulling for a team that should be doing way better than they are. That's what this feels like. This feels, you know, what this feels like the the perfect example. The perfect example. What's that? The 2010 Alabama football team. By all accounts, that team was the (laughs) talented team that Coach Saban ever had, or arguably one of them. And that team was so favored to win it all again that year. And damn it, we all thought we were going to, but we lost three games. Three games didn't even come close to the title that year. And that season was so sickening and so heartbreaking to watch because it's like we should be better than this. This is not as good as we are, especially that Iron Bowl where they totally blew that lead. That was like, no, we're better than that. Right. And watching that and sitting there thinking we should have won. I mean, but, you know, should have, could have, would have. But, and that's how it feels pulling for DC. It's just so, it sucks. But versus if you're just a diehard MCU fan, I mean, that's got to yeah. be like pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs or the New England Patriots. You know you're going to win. You know you're going to win a lot. And so, yeah, like I said, man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling for this event to get them to be excited about. I want so badly when DC fandom ends for me and you to be like, oh shit, it's going down. Oh crap. Exactly. That's what I want to feel. But like I said, so help me God DC, if you get my hopes up again and you kill my hopes again, you can keep all the rest of your movies. You can... And you can enjoy being Marvel's cinematic bitch for the rest of your existence. Right. That's true, bro. God help us. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. Had a chance to be different. Shoulda, coulda, woulda stuck with Zach, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. And now here you are. So, yeah. But, man, thanks, bro. This was, as always, an epic talk. We have to have these talks, bro. We have, we always have to because the conversation will always be there, and there's always new conclusions and new things that are added to the conversation. So I, these are my favorite conversations to have on the podcast. You know what we might ought to look into talking about to add into the podcast? Just Who's that? Gaps. Like, this is a conversation we'll probably have off air, too. But if we added, like, sports talk into this. Oh, God. We leave be- out Iron Bowl. We're going to leave out Iron Bowl. Because I don't want our friendship to get tested like that. It's not going to get tested. <laughs> it wouldn't. You know, if- I'm, you know if- I'm joking. Oh, man. If Alabama wins, it just is what it is. I ain't going to. Oh, if Alabama, you better pray to God Alabama doesn't win. You better pray to God. The troll season's coming, bro. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, after everything I had to look, because I've never been somebody to post a lot about a Bama game. I've just never been that. But dang it, every, I've got about five or six, I don't know why it ended up this way, but most of my friends are Auburn fans. And every time Auburn wins the Iron Bowl, my, I have to turn my phone off. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to look. I'm not even going to look because I know what I'm going to open up my phone to. A bunch of right. roll tears, roll, and all that stuff. And I'm like, they yeah. Get <laughs> and I'm thinking, if Alabama wins next year, y'all have a lot coming to you. You yeah. like they're gonna have a lot of crow that I'm gonna gladly shove down their throat. Oh my gosh! But yet, and also, the NBA still pulling for King James to bring home that title. Yes, absolutely. Still, still supporting him, man. It's just fun to watch him play. Viewership oh, yeah. is simply because I want to watch LeBron James. Dude, yeah. All the- that's another dude. Like lastly, like I know this is totally off topic, and we need to cut the podcast. But people I need think. to stop hating on LeBron. Like the LeBron fans are already ready to crap on him, no matter what happens. Because here's how it's going to go: If LeBron wins the title this year, they're going to be like, "Oh, well, he had to have AD help him to win the title." But God and forbid, <laughs> but God forbid, if he doesn't win the title, oh, he couldn't even win a title with AD. And right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking y'all act like every other great didn't have other great players around him. Exactly. Like the disrespect thrown Scottie Pippen's way makes me sick. People talking right. like like Michael Jordan was the only good player on that Bulls team. Right. Like, was he the best player on the team? Absolutely. Is he the GOAT? There's the argument there. Like I told you the other day, personally. I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the best basketball player ever. But right, that's just me. Because like I told you, all-time leading scorer, only person in any sport ever to have a move or do something that nobody ever figured out how to stop. Yeah, that's his, a good view to have. Through his whole career, man, nobody ever figured out how to stop this sky hook. 
and he kept doing it. He lost one game in college, zero games in high school, won a title at um, the Bucks, and then won five at the uh, L.A. Lakers. He's got more regular season MVPs than Michael Jordan has. The only thing Michael Jordan has more of than Kareem is finals MVPs. So there's point Jordan, but we're yeah. way off now. <laughs> I feel you, bro. And before before we exit off the show, um, I didn't get to say it. I didn't say it at the beginning of the show, but prayers and uh, thoughts to all the people of Lebanon and Beirut. Terrible explosion that happened that rocked the whole internet. So prayers and thoughts to everyone uh, who was affected. Shout out to Amen Hariri, CEO of Vero. Vero, for those who don't know, he's Lebanese and he has family there. So blessings and prayers and thoughts to um, everyone out there in Lebanon. But man, this was this was absolutely, a good one. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. what you just said. That I just I actually just saw that. Like you had told me about that earlier, and I was like, "What are you even talking about?" But then somebody sent me something on uh, Instagram, I think it was, about it. And I was like, holy crap. Right. And and I I pray for the whole world right now, and especially this country, man. Because, like, I mean, even if you're a praying person or not, I mean, I just. You got to do something. This country right now, man, like, on top of the coronavirus pandemic that's turned all our worlds upside down. On top of that, you know, this country is ravaged by protests and yeah. and, and riots and it is everything else. Like, it's crazy what's going on. I've never seen anything like this, man. All the, the fighting in the streets and and it's, it's heartbreaking to see. And yeah. we're living in this age now where you can't say anything, you know, like. Yeah. You say anything in opposition to Black Lives Matter, you know, like, you know, we talked about their mission statement on one podcast and it's. Yeah. And it's so sad that we can't have those conversations anymore. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. But anyways, man, this was a fun one. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. For sure, man. Thanks for being on as always, bro. Shout out to everyone who tuned in. Shout out to everyone on IG Live who tuned in. Thank you guys to Vero Twitter. This is Jay House Podcast Radio. Eric and Evan signing off. We'll catch you guys later, man. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of Jay House Radio.